Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think deserves some kind of commendation. Do I have a program? What is my program? What are the outlines of basic living that I'm about to expunge or, <laughs> you know? And um, this is all part of Bruce Elliott's courtliness. And we salute that tonight, Bruce. You're going to... It's all right, Bruce. You just stick with it. And by God, spats are coming back, Bruce. There's a lot of indications along Lexington Avenue. Right You know, I, I don't know whether you know this or not out there, but I think you should know that Bruce is the only man I've ever known who honestly looks over his glasses when he talks to you. You know, like Foxy Grandpa. I am what I am, and that's all the hell I am. Here's the, uh, would you please give me an echo chamber in there? Lawrence, uh, please. Yeah, come on now. You're an engineer. You know about that stuff. If you don't, I'll come in and I'll hang my ticket up again and go back in business. It's trouble. Because we have another $50,000 mystery sound for those of you out there who are fans of $50,000 mystery sounds. You ready in there? Let's try it here. Let's give it a shot. Very good. Oh, hold it there now. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, here is our $50,000 mystery sound. <laughs> All right. If you can identify that sound, you will be in line to hit the major J-A-C-K-P-O-T. And now, would you please give me a little ribble of music in there, Larry, please? A little ribble of music, please. Very good. Very good. And tonight we here on this serious radio station once again salute man and his eternal quest for creativity. His eternal struggle to reproduce his life and times between the covers of a book, in marble, in silly putty, or whatever medium he works in. And tonight in our culture corner, we salute Thomas P. Ramirez of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. We're going to... First of all, it's not easy to live in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I have been there twice. Takes you eight minutes to get into town and two and a half minutes to get out. They have a couple of big, fast SO stations there. Thomas P. Ramirez, we salute you of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. He was a defense witness yesterday at his trial in U.S. District Court. Seven individuals and four firms, including Thomas Ramirez, were charged with interstate shipment of allegedly obscene novels in Houston, Texas. Ramirez testified that his pen name is Tony Calvano, the author of such famous novels as Passion Carousel, Orgy Club, Swap Sect, and Shame Hunger, among others. 
Ramirez, who said he works as a school teacher, ditch digger, garbage man, and secretary to an Episcopalian bishop, testified that he did, and we quote here, I did the best job possible in the time that I was allotted by the publisher, he said. U.S. District Judge Joe Ingram asked him how much time he was allotted to write each full-length novel. Uh, ten days. And so tonight, we salute Thomas P. Ramirez, fighting that eternal battle that the artist has always fought, an unthinking, a Philistine public, once again as he sits there in the slam with thousands of plots revolving around in his head. We salute tonight the eternal creativity of man, represented by Thomas P. Ramirez, the, the famous author of that unforgettable novel, Orgy Club. <laughs> Use harp out there? <laughs> it's terrible how nobody identified the uh, mystery sound tonight. Well, of course, that's the trouble with people. Unobservant, slobbish, sitting out there with their sloping foreheads, cutting to the wind. Nothing to offer except this an occasional... Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, uh, how would you like another salute uh, to, today's, uh, to today's person? Did you like that? Uh, would you please bring me on another uh, that little uh, honk and ribble music, that hairy music there? Bring it out just a little bit. Very good. I feel like singing, gang. Bring it out big. Let's go. All together now. Gang, get your move. Got eyes of blue. I never cared for eyes of blue, but she's got eyes of blue. And that's my weakness now. She's got a dimple cheeks. I never cared for dimple cheeks, but she's got a dimple cheeks. And that's my weakness now. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, me, oh, me, oh, my. Oh, I should be good, I could be good, but gee, oh, gee, oh, wow, wow, wow. She likes the villain coup. I never liked the villain coup, but she likes the villain coup. So that's my weakness now. All right, get it. Where's my horn here? All right.
bugging everybody. On the other hand, Edwards. Now, Edwards was totally the opposite. If the, if the uh, formation was going to be at 515, Edwards was standing by himself out there in the darkness at five minutes past five. A constant reminder to the rest of us that we were inadequate. And so between Edwards and Abernathy, we had the Alpha and the Omega. And we would like each one of those guys at certain times and hate them at other times depending on... But they were constant. They remained totally constant. Just as Gasser remained constant. He was constantly obscene. Gasser spoke only in obscenities. But not in the dirty, rotten Ralph Ginsburg concept. I mean, just, you know... <laughs> he just... He worked in four-letter words, like other guys work in clay and marble. He just... And, and it meant nothing. Nothing at all. Because he never had a dirty thought in his mind. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget the time Gasser had a date in Nutley. Yeah, Nutley, New Jersey. And he made a lot of remarks about that. It was terrible, you know, when he first got that, you know, it was just an awful scene when he got that. And then he came back about about four hours later, and he was uh, white-faced. And it turns out that he made one of his usual suggestions, and the girl said, okay. And he was, he was horrified. He says, what kind of a person do you think I am? And he had to walk all the way home because she had the car. And, I, and so that was gas. <laughs> now, now, now you got the scene. We were all living together in, in, in total intimacy. And then one day they announced on the, on the bulletin board, came out, it says all men, the following men, are now eligible for separation. Well, all of us have been eligible, really eligible for separation since about the third or fourth year of the Boer War. Uh, I mean, if you really want to talk about eligibility, I was eligible before I got in, actually. But uh, there, there, were, there were our names on the board, and we couldn't believe it. We went back and sat down. And Edwards, of course, uh, playing it cool. Edwards says, well, uh, I'll get my stuff packed. I'll be ready. And he started a pack. Abernathy was asleep. So he missed it, you know. I think he's still in the Army. I think he missed that formation. He missed the one, the, the one formation he shouldn't have missed, you know, when we all marched off towards the separation center. But then we finally arrived. We couldn't believe it. They took us in a train, and they let us off at Fort Dix. And there we were, Fort Dix. i never been in Fort Dix, New Jersey. And it was cold that day we got there. It was in December, as a matter of fact. The wind was blowing great gusts of snow, and I could see all around me. I wonder how many of you know that they had working over there at that time they had various POWs there were various German like SS men were, were uh, on KP and there they were standing behind there giving us our SOS these guys and, and I saw an incident yeah I saw a guy walk through the, the mess hall line and he was right ahead of me and this was grizzled you know a real grizzled character walking along and he's sort of scuffling you could see he'd been in the army probably five years and he'd been you know ever and he walks along, and, and we came to the mess, the chow line. Here we were all standing in line. We were working our way up. 
And it was like at the Horn and Hard Art, you know, where the guy said, what do you want, what do you want? And we walk along, and here's this guy standing behind us, tall, about six feet tall, six feet four or something like that, blonde. The, the, the very picture of the Hitler Jugend, you know, the whole thing. But remember, we were also Jugends, too, you know. We were all about, uh, you know, maybe 19, 20, uh, maybe 17, some guys. Some guys were 18. And this guy ahead of me, you could see he was much older. He was much older than the rest of us. He's walking along. I never, nobody talked much to him because we were in a separation center. Nobody knew anybody. Just our little knot of guys going through together. And up, all of a sudden, ahead of us, he's got his big tray. They've got these big separation trays, you know, with the, with the little partitions and the guys are throwing the food in there. He takes his tray. The only time I've ever seen it done, this, this, uh, this POW gives him a big scoop of SOS. He lays it down there. And he's going about his business. And all of a sudden, the guy says, Hey, hey, you! Hey, you! Achtung! And the guy turns around. And with that, this yardbird takes his tray and right in the face. Just like that. Pow! It was kind of a dead silence. And the, the, uh, uh, the POW sort of backed away. You know, he's got mashed potatoes falling down all over him. You can see gravy all over his blonde crew cut. And he sort of backs away. And looks with those cold blue eyes. And the... Yardbird that hit him with the with the thing, he says, turns around, says, "Master race, oh master race you." And we went on through the through the child line. A very strange moment. You don't hear about little stories like this. And I, I I went drifting out into the into the company area. Then it was cold and bitter. Little realizing that I was about to have one of the great uh, uh, educational moments of my life. I hear another hoopla going on. It's not, you see, the entire place was filled with a, with a with a very st uh, special kind of guy that had just come back. Uh, there were about ten elements of the 82nd Airborne that had just returned. And boy, of which there, there was no witcher, I can tell you that. And there were about, about 6,000 guys who had been in the, the 101st Airborne and all that, you know. They, and there was, there was a strange atmosphere in the camp, very peculiar. And now these guys were back. Everybody was back home. And they began to resent all of their life that had gone. It wasn't that guys were, you know, if, if uh, I always think movie writers write too much from hindsight and not enough from having, you know, seen it. Uh, the guys weren't bugged at things that had happened in the Army. All of a sudden, it became very obvious they had lost four years of their life. Just gone, you know, clipped right out. And and uh, I remember looking through, uh, they had, they had uh, like, uh, little chicken wire fences. We're all looking out. We could see all these guys walking around, civilian types. Oh, they're very official. They're on top of it. Obviously, they've been there. It was kind of a gee whiz, you know. Wow. Wow, you know, and, and the radios are playing, and you could hear all kinds of guys that had made it while you were gone, and all kinds of people were bugged. And so there was a, there was a kind of a hoopla just about ten minutes after the mess incident. Is this boring you, by the way? It's a curious story. That about ten minutes after the mess incident, I walked out into the darkness, and I was with Zinsmeister. Wind is blowing uh, Zinsmeister and Gasser, and I hear a lot of yelling, and I see that the, that about four GIs have got two POWs trapped on the roof of a barracks, and it's snowing. Oh, terrible icy snow! And these guys are throwing ice up at them, and these these two POWs are sitting up there. There were two. Uh, as a matter of fact, they happened to be Africa Corps. They were both sitting up there, kind of crouching down. You could see. They, they didn't know which way to turn. These guys were throwing, and a, and a couple of MPs said, Come on, you guys, break it up, break it up. 
And we went wandering back to the barracks. And so now we're sitting there. What are we going to do? Everybody's got this sense of, of uh, at loose ends. You know, there's, there's no first sergeant anymore. Our lieutenant was shipped away, and our captain's gone. The whole thing is all falling apart. It's just beginning to disappear before your eyes. And they had, a, they had an airfield over Dick's, you know. And while we're sitting there, yeah, a, a, a tremendous flight of B-17s came in. These are big super fortresses, you know. They just... You just hear them, one after the other. They've just come in from overseas. A squadron is returning. And, and we watch them circle the field and lay, and lay them down one after the other out there in the darkness. And you see the lights blinking. And you can hear the POWs. That was the eerie thing about it. You could hear all these German voices all around out in the darkness. These guys were cleaning the streets and were sweeping up the, the sidewalks. And you could hear them talking. You could hear these Germans. We're all sitting there. And then once in a while, another airplane would come in. And you, the walls would jiggle. I remember, I remember sitting there. We, we sat there for four whole days with absolutely nothing to do. And these planes kept roaring in. And in came a glider group a glider uh, division that had gotten badly cut up, by the way. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.